like to let plants be breadcrumbs to whatever they want me to know. I find it an opportunity to connect deeper to my intuition by letting them lead the way. Um, and, I, and I think it's important too. We have to think of it as a relationship. Same thing how I said, like they're reading us energetically, like they're not inanimate objects. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, like there's the, the picture on the internet where it's like, we think like human in the middle and then everything else revolves around us when it's really like we're part of the ecosystem. We're not above it. We're not like <laughs> the leaders of it all. We have had many years of people being more aware of, of, of natural things, of, um, more people doing yoga, more people taking herbs, more people talking about spirituality. So this is the op this the pendulum had to swing the other way. Yes. But we have to remember it swung the other way and it seems so strong because the growth in our spirituality, oh, this is what I'm saying, it, the growth in our spirituality, the growth in our connection back to earth was so strong that there was an equal and opposite reaction. But you know what I mean? Like we can't feel defeated or that like they're like, you know, because we are here and we are stronger. That's why we're seeing this opposition. We're seeing the, the shadow of it. And, you know, we just have to hold strong on, on our mission, right? On what we're here to do. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Following the Spark podcast. On this episode, I have on Miss Katie Hanna, who is a passionate herbalist and a mama, of course, and just an all-around awesome person. I loved talking with her, and this conversation I had with her is one of those conversations where I just had so many chills, like everything she was saying was giving me chills. She is just so passionate about herbalism, and it shows in the way that she speaks. So I am so excited to present to you this episode with Katie. You can find her on Instagram, which I will leave in the show notes. And she sometimes has different classes on herbs that she will share on her Instagram that you can sign up for. I took a class with her once and it was excellent. She literally like sent me the herbs in these cute little packages and then we had the class. It was a heart medicine class and it was just so amazing because I'm someone who is really interested in herbalism and she just made it so accessible and less stressful and really explains things really well. It gets you hyped up, gets you passionate about it, knows all of her facts like 100% and she's just amazing. In this episode, Katie and I talk about a lot of different things. We talk about big pharma, Chinese medicine, how Katie used to want to be a midwife and taking things into our own hands and standing out against corporate medicine by becoming informed and just doing things our way. We also talk about manipulation and frequency control. We touch on a couple of different herbs that Katie has been interested in recently and how to cultivate relationships with plants. We talk about monographs and at the end, Katie talks more about what she offers in her herb courses. As always, grab your tea, your coffee, your smoothie, your water, and let's get started. All right, well, Katie, Hannah, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. 
I'm so excited to have you on. Before we get started, could you give me like a brief background about who you are and what you're all about? Well, I um, am an herbalist and an herbal educator. Um, I'm an astrologer, a mom, um, a cat mom. And um, for me, I just like to find the connections and things between um, the plants, uh, celestial bodies and our bodies um, and just where everything really does connect and overlap and intersect. And that's really what, um, what, I, what I want to convey to people as much as possible through my work and what really just like fires me up. I think it's amazing and um, never stops to mesmerize me so and plants are the main way in which I do that Mm, I love that I love the connection to the celestial that you made with that absolutely like as above so below as within so without like is so real and resonant (laughs) for me in everything I do no matter how much I study and how much I uncover it really always comes down to there's there are these mirrors and um echoes between everything so Mm. yeah I love that. So my first question for you is what like first got you into plant medicine? Have you always been a, been a plant girl? How did this start? <laughs> you know, so my mom is an acupuncturist and she went back to school actually. Um, when I was like, I think in middle school, she went um, and got her master's degree in Chinese medicine. And so we always were talking about Chinese medicine and our bodies and, and nerves and natural things. And she, I never remember going to the doctor. I never had took any medicine. She would always go to this, excuse me, Indian market and like get (laughs) these different natural things for whatever ailed my sister and I. Um, So I definitely grew up in that. And my parents were big gardeners. We moved a lot, like, um, between nine and 18, I think we moved like nine times. And even with the impermanence of every location, they started a big old garden at every house. <laughs> um, and my grandparents too. So like, it was always there. There was always exposure. Um, my mom graduated from her master's program, literally the day after I graduated from high school and they moved to Alabama. I was like, I'm from Los Angeles. I was like, I am not moving to Alabama. Like, no way. Um, But a few years later, I was like, I got to get out of here. And so I did. And I worked in her office for a while and I saw it work. Like it really worked. And we did these acupuncture points and I studied it more. I read all the books with her or that she recommended. And I watched people take the herbs. I took the herbs and I watched it like I've had migraines since I was a kid and like two acupuncture um, treatments and I barely had them anymore. And then I got to learn what my triggers were so that they don't get them as often. Um, And I had a boyfriend who um, he had had like some massive kidney problem in high school. And every time he went back to his um, doctor, they could still see the spots on his kidneys from when like they like got really big and then like had leaks 
Mm-hmm. And so my mom just gave him acupuncture, gave him herbs, gave him acupuncture, gave him herbs. He's like, all right, sure. All right, sure. And then when he went back home and they did the ultrasound, they're like, we can't even see any of the spots anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, it really does work. <laughs> and so that was like my introduction. And it kind of, um, if we talk about connection, Chinese medicine is so beautiful and how it connects body, mind, spirit, energy, cycles, everything. So I think that gave me a really great foundation. Mm-hmm. And then after about a year in Alabama, I was like, I'm not staying in Alabama. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I went to school in New York City. And there, I feel like the stark contrast of um, city life, I was really drawn. I was like, I need nature. I need nature. I need nature. Mm-hmm. And I was synchronistically led to um, an herbalist teacher who focused specifically on like weeds and 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 wild plants and simples and I was just enamored and that was it and so I just went to upstate New York to study with her I got every book I could um this is like pre-social media I think Facebook had just started but it was mostly for college students and I wasn't really on there Mm -hmm. and so I was just like soaking up everything um I wanted to be a midwife then I got pregnant and I was like, oh God, okay, well, we'll try this another way. And that really solidified. I was like, I'm gonna have a natural pregnancy. I'm gonna do everything with herbs. I'm gonna have a home birth. I'm gonna do all the things. And that really, there was no going back after that. Wow. So that's how I became herb lady, Katie. <laughs> wow, girl. So you had like a, yeah, a full natural pregnancy and everything? Oh yeah. Um, I, yes, and I, um, I didn't, take I think I might have taken a few prenatal vitamins but I just did everything with um with herbs nourishing infusions my mom gave me some different herbs and I I found this amazing midwife and so I went into her office and she had that herbalist book on the shelf um this uh Alabama midwife book that like changed my life when I read it and this like nourishing traditions book on her shelves and these were all at that time like really rare and I was like she's going to be ish. We're going to vibe. Like this is going to be one for me. And she totally was like, she was, um, she did like muscle testing to see like what I needed. And I was like, Oh, I love this. You know, she really like let me take the lead. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I just did it. My son came at almost 43 weeks. So she let me like really just hold that baby in until he was ready. And I had a beautiful, beautiful, exactly how I wanted birth in like this pool in my apartment, like this little birth tub in my, in my apartment. Wow. Um, and then I was able to nurse him for, um, you know, two and a half years, which is what I wanted. But yeah, everything was completely supported herbally and um, both for me topically, internally and for, for him as well. So, and he's, he's been an herb baby ever since, an herb kid. <laughs> it's normal for him. Wow, that is so inspiring. I love that you did everything all natural. So like, are you interested at all in like helping women at least like just with herbs who are pregnant at all? You know, I was a doula for a while and um, specifically, so I came back to Alabama um, not long after my son was born. Um, But, uh, and I became a doula and a childbirth educator. And so I started this group because there was really nothing here at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the part of the childbirth education class that I taught was like using herbs and nutrition and meditation and relaxation techniques and stuff. And at that time, actually home birthing in Alabama was illegal. 
well, no, technically you could have a baby at home, but a midwife could not attend it. <laughs> yeah, midwives were were not illegally what? able to practice. Yes, it was it was actually an, um, started because Alabama had um, was almost throughout the whole state the main um, birth supporters for up until um, like the sixties uh, were like black Alabama lay midwives. So a lot of the eradication of midwifery in Alabama was racial. Mm-hmm. That they don't talk about that a lot because um, it's a lot of crunchy white moms who are been doing the midwifery um, uh, legality, which I, you know, I was part of that group for a while and I respect what they're doing. But um, so <clears throat> they kind of eradicated the power that these women had and also left why we have such horrible birth rates in Alabama because we don't have a lot of spaces that have hospitals. So birthing can be dangerous if you take the people out that have historically helped people and don't give them alternatives. Yeah. Um, and if you do give them alternatives, they're most likely going to be biased and racist and all of that. <clears throat> So for a while, because I had just had this amazing home birth and I saw, and I was like, I was on Medicaid and I had this amazing home birth with Medicaid covered my midwife in, a, in New York city. And I was able to still go to the clinic in case anything happened. I knew they knew me and, and I knew them if I had to be transferred, which I wasn't going to be, but I, it felt safe for me. I was only 24 <clears throat> at the time. So mm-hmm. being like covered on all my bases helped me feel safe to have the baby. And so when I came to Alabama and I was doing doula work, I kept finding all these home birth moms, probably because it's all I could talk about. <laughs> and you know, they didn't they didn't have the support. There was like this one midwife who's like been working underground for like 20 years, um, sometimes getting paid in like deer meat and stuff <laughs> because she obviously wasn't covered by insurance. And I was like, and a lot of doulas wouldn't touch them because of the legalities and me, I'm like, oh, I got you no problem. I'll just do whatever. And, I, and so I was kind of like the doula that would, support the home birth moms and you know they tend to be a little bit more into the natural stuff and I would encapsulate placenta placentas and and stuff like that um so I do love that work what I don't love at this point um is the selling and marketing like why you need the service and so that's kind of why I let it go I was like I don't really want to have to tell people why they want it I just want to support the people that already want it so I've kind of let that go but I have definitely um been interested in it because I love serving women and I think pregnancy and motherhood is such like a a delicate time it's like the most empowering but also a very delicate time because you know a baby is born but a mother is also born mm. and we don't talk enough about that and um that process so I'm definitely open to it and I don't think my uh, adventures in the birth world are over exactly but I think they're they're on pause for now yeah that's so beautiful though I love the way that you talk about it and I love I think it's so important to for people to realize that like the power in a natural birth and just like I could go on and on but just like the stuff that hospitals do and like induce labor and just like I I can't no I know you know it was interesting my mother she had me and my sister be like elective cesarean right (laughs) so and um, and she, she did nurse me for two years, but my mother always said, she was like, you want to have a natural birth because you don't want to be recovering from surgery with a baby. That was the only thing I had in my head. But I remember thinking about it and I was like, you know, 
I don't know how I want to have a baby, but I don't want to have a baby in a hospital. And for years, that's all I kept thinking. I was like, I don't know what else I'm going to do until I saw the movie, The Business of Being Born. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Um, and, and yeah, because even when I was pregnant, I think I shared this um, <laughs> on Valentine's Day because it was Valentine's Day and my son was two weeks overdue. So they did this non-stress test and I went and my, my, my midwife had to go to the clinic just to make sure everything was okay. And then they did like an internal exam. Um, and she was like, your cervix isn't even right. Even if we induced you, this is a nurse at the hospital. She said, even if we induced you, like you wouldn't be ready. Like your body is not ready yet. So just chill out. And I was like, oh, I love that. Thank you so much for giving me this validation from the hospital. And that night the hospital called me to schedule my induction. I was like, don't you guys talk to each other? Like, did she not write it in her thing? And I was like, this is why I chose this alternative route because you guys don't even speak to each other the same way, let alone how are you going to take care of me with, with my needs and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I was like, we feel safe and fine that everything's going to be all right. But yeah, so I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go that route. <laughs> what is with that? Like, can they, it's, it's, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> like I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably like a red flag right like five of them <laughs> like, no wow that's you know so actually the the midwife that was working at the hospital the first time I went in I told her I was like honest she looked kind of crunchy or whatever at the time and I was like honestly I want a home birth and she was like she came in closer to me she was like I had five babies at home let me give you my midwife's number and I was like I love you sad she was super awesome and when I came back because I went to Alabama early in my pregnancy because I was like what the f what am I going to do with my life this is not what I planned I was not with that man I was actually with another man and I like cheated on him and got paid. it was like a whole thing that's a whole, that's a whole thing that was a big karmic uh healing mm -hmm. that happened with that as well but when I went back she had died and I was really sad she had, had like some weird brain aneurysm and passed away but she was actually the woman that introduced me to my midwife so you know everything is led and breadcrumbs are put out exactly where they're supposed to be even if you don't expect them mm, yeah chills I love that everything was just like perfectly divinely guided for you it really was super That's awesome what blows my mind is that like hospitals and everything and just like western medicine like it's like searching for something that's like already here like Chinese medicine is like isn't it like one of the most ancient like yeah, it's super, and, and Ayurvedic, both of them, they have these ancient texts yeah. that tell us these things, but yeah, I know, it's, um, I feel like it takes the spirit and the heart out of medicine, mm. and that's the problem, because that's what makes us humans, and we can't take the human part out of healing the human body, mm. so, and, and what then, then they take the parts that are vibrant and alive from plants and different things and they you know kind of tear them apart to where they don't have that life anymore and i and i you know i'm not saying down with the whole system if i get in a car accident do not take me to an herbalist <laughs> right <laughs> take me to that hospital <laughs> okay you know if my arm gets cut off do not put a comfrey poultice on it you take it and you have them sew it back on but you know I don't I think that there can be way more integrative 
um, practices. I think that we can focus significantly more on like holistic medicine, looking at its mind, body, spirit, and also on um, preventative medicine, you know? And then just kind of not being so reliant on it, I think is just promotes better health mm. for us and the planet. Yeah, 100%. And I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not saying like, you know, fuck everything. Like the whole system <laughs> sucks. It's just like, there's parts to it where I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like, uh, especially working in mental health. I'm like, y'all, y'all need help. Um, <laughs> what are your views on like big pharma? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Well, you know, what's interesting is that I don't think about it much at all. Good. Um, because when I think about it too much, I get angry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, like I said, I, I think that we can look at um, prevention more. Um, and I think that pharmaceuticals are, okay, hold on, let me, <laughs> let me use my words. <laughs> I think that I don't like corporate medicine. Mm. And that's the thing with birth, right? You look at a lot of um, uh, cesareans, how many of them are done to match um, the schedule of the doctor, you know? How many inductions are done to, you know, to reduce liability, you know? Like so much medicine is done around money and not around people. Mm. And um, I think that we have become too reliant on a system based on that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think, I, I, what I try and remember is that big pharma is just run by a bunch of little humans just like me. And so I try to hold compassion that we have such, um, what is it uh, where there's like so many this person just hands a paper to this person and that person hands a paper to this person, you know, like um, bureaucracy, so much bureaucracy that nobody had, that most of the people that are doing things have so little power. And we're just all trying to make it in this system where we just work hard to pay rent and try for the best. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that as, as the individual responsibility for all of us is to take charge of our bodies, take charge of our health. Because um, I do think that the reflection that we're seeing in the planet is a reflection of our relationships with ourselves and with each other. And so um, if we could kind of shift the viewpoint into healing at the source and not healing and not just treating symptoms, um, that a lot of things could be switched up. But we're all just in survival mode, which I think is part of the plan. <laughs> so. I don't know. I try to have compassion because otherwise I get really freaking mad. I get like super mad. <laughs> and like, I want anybody to listen to me on my soapbox about getting off your medications. But um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of things that plants could help. Um, but most people are on a medication and they need a medication to fix the side effects from that medication. And then they need another medication to fix the side effects from that. And now you're on five things and now you're completely tuned out from your intuition and your gut has no um, biodiversity. So you have no connection to your inner wisdom and you um, become, you know, I think that's half the zombie apocalypse we talk about. So 
Mm. I don't know. I think a lot of things about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't like corporate medicine, basically. I don't like money-backed medicine. Mm-hmm. I love your answer so much. I love that you're able to hold compassion for that as well and kind of turn it around to like, you know, that is happening, but like we're in control, like we can be empowered. We can take control of our own bodies and like what we're putting into it. I love that so much. Well, you know, like I have my, like one of my best friends, she works for Kaiser, right? And so part of me is like, (laughs) no, you know, but I also know that she's been working to bring mindfulness into, um, and is doing talks at at Kaiser, things to um, to bring mindfulness and meditation mm-hmm. into the workers so that they can be more um, compassionate and thoughtful in their own lives and take better care of themselves to work towards creating better medical systems. And, you know, she had immigrant parents. And so she's trying to work on different things for immigrant communities and getting people like that, you know? So like I said, like the big picture really pisses me off, right? And now that friend, we've been friends for 20 years. Now she's starting to, you know, take my herb classes and once and you know a a family member was having heart problems and she was like you know what i want to learn how herbs can help me because this has happened to three members of my family and Mm -hmm. i want to change that so you know i do believe so my 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 yoga teacher um she said and this is i was taking my yoga teacher training right when like trump became president and i was like what's going on she was like remember there's always an equal and opposite reaction we have had many years of people being more aware of 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 natural things of um more people doing yoga more people taking herbs more people talking about spirituality so this is the op this the pendulum had to swing the other way yes but we have to remember it swung the other way and it seems so strong because the growth in our spirituality, oh, that's what I'm saying it, the growth in our spirituality, the growth in our connection back to earth was so strong that there was an equal and opposite reaction, you know? So I, that's what I'm just trying to remember, like, no, like we can't let them think that we've been swindled and that we've been doing this and that we're losing and like, not like losing or winning, you know, it's not a competition, mm-hmm. but I always somebody said, it's not a competition, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we can't feel defeated or that like they're like, you know, because we are here and we are stronger. That's why we're seeing this opposition. We're seeing the, the shadow of it. And, you know, we just have to hold strong on, on our mission, right? On what we're here to do. Do podcasts like this, you know, do classes, be loud on the internet, even if it scares us because the, our voices are strong. That's why there's so much censorship. That's why they're going so hard with ads for Big Pharma because they know that people have been waking up. So I just try and really hold a positive attitude about it. And I have nights where I cry too. (laughs) You know, and all is welcome, you know, and I feel like exactly what you're saying, like it gave me chills too. Like, it's almost like the lighter, the light, the bigger, like the shadow is going to be. And I feel like that's definitely what's happening now because more and more people, I mean, like two years ago, like talking about this type of stuff wasn't at least where I live in Kansas in the middle of the United States wasn't really a thing it was not and now it's like people around me like there's like spiritual communities here in kansas i'm like things are happening people are awakening but there's also that that darkness that is going to get bigger you know whether it's just like to try to scare us or whatever like yeah i totally love i I think it's to i think it's to kind of 
hold our frequency captive honestly i feel like that it's manipulation and frequency control oftentimes mm-hmm. um because in that like i was saying the survival mode if we're afraid all the time you know our kidneys are shot and that's where our essence comes from in chinese medicine um and then we're completely ungrounded our root chakras are all messed up you know and fear is the opposite of love the opposite of like opposite of all things that uh, manifest beauty and greatness right so if they can keep us fearful we're easier to control mm. yeah that's why i like um you know i feel like they poison our water they poison our air they everything is like oh my gosh you know but that's why i really like plant medicine especially like wild weeds because i feel like if they're trying to deactivate for lack of better word our dna through all this toxicity right then when we take in the plants with their 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 genetic makeup that is um natural that is alive that is vibrant that together creates this beautiful cohesive medicine for all different parts of our bodies mm-hmm. and the wild weeds you know like no matter how much roundup we spray those suckers they're going to still pop up and they're going to come mm-hmm. up year after year and they listen to our bodies if we all of a sudden see a lot of plants growing it's because they're reading our energy and realizing that we need them so i feel like when we take in those plants that's what we can do to reactivate our dna you know to keep us more feral if you will to their control you know and keep us healthy and genetically as powerful as we can be so that's why i really like plants and herbs and weeds and things like that to um to do our best to count that's why i feel like it's revolutionary to mm. to take care of ourselves in that way yeah everything you're saying is giving me chills hey. <laughs> I love that. so like with the wild weeds, I, this is like kind of a turn of um, conversation, but I think I saw on your Instagram, like you can just go out and like pick them and like use them. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you want to be sure that they're not in a place with a lot of high um, animal or foot traffic, you know, cause you don't want them to be too dirty, yeah. you don't like pee and poop on them. Um, and you don't, and you want them to be, this is different for every person. I'm not a terrible purist personally, some people are like a hundred feet away from the the um, streets. And I'm like, then I'll never get anything because I live in a suburban area, you know? So, you know, you wanna be mindful. Are they just getting tons of um, stuff from, from traffic and smog and stuff like that? Um, or they're gonna be runoff from toxins and stuff. But yeah, go out and forage, they're everywhere. Um, some of my favorite things, uh, my favorite plants, like my favorite skin plant. You were in that heart medicine class. I said the the mm-hmm. one oil I probably would always use if I if I could only choose one would be plantain. And mm-hmm. I never, I've never bought that at a store. I only harvest it. Wow. Um, and it's my absolute favorite. Um, and uh, dandelion. Right now we have chickweed, which is super. I don't, I don't. Chickweed is really good. Has saponins in it which is good, um, they go in between like the cell walls um, and it's best when fresh. So I don't really dry it and drink it later, but I eat all the chickweed I can get. I make the pesto, the juice, all the things. It's the most delicious plant, I swear, I like crave it. Um, Cleavers right now, which is amazing for the lymphatic system, really helps things get moving, which is great as we go into spring, we want our bodies to be moving a little bit more. Same with dandelion. 
Um, and dandelion, I have a tattoo on my arm um, that I got years ago um, because, you know, they're trying to eradicate dandelions with Roundup and all these sprays and stuff. But the entire plant of dandelion is medicinal from the roots to the leaves, to the little sap, to the flowers, every single part of that plant. And it's great for the liver. It's great for the heart. It's great for the lymphatic system. It's literally exactly what we need because we're so backed up. We're so toxic with all the things that our bodies are handling mm. and it's everywhere. And that's what they're trying to tell us. We should poison, like get a bump y'all get out of here. Yeah, no ginkgo and everything. And when you start paying attention, you start noticing, oh my gosh, there are medicinal plants everywhere. I mean, if we think about it, this is what the indigenous people of this land and every land did, right? <laughs> that's, that's what they use. That's the power. That's the vibrancy of it. Violet flowers, they're about to start coming up. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's a great respiratory um, aid and the leaves are like super anti-tumor and really um, helpful, especially for the womb or, and so, you know, they're my, they're my absolute favorite. I love cultivating some of these really powerful medicinal plants for sure. But um, I don't know, the weeds, they're like some of my best friends. Mm -hmm. And you know, they have their seasons. So it's like exciting. Like right now I'm so excited to see all these plants. I go on my walk and I'm like, oh, hey, like I literally like get excited at seeing all the dandelions. They're like, oh my God, you guys are so cute. Like if people walk by me, they're like, who are you talking to? <laughs> like the flowers, duh. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> I love that so much. So do you think like dandelions are so, like they're everywhere. Everywhere. Do you think like it's exactly what you were saying earlier, like they're, they, like they're growing because like we need them. Yeah, they, they can feel us. Plants are absolutely communicating with us at, at all times. There's this book, Vibrational Medicine. So um, one of the studies that they did, like they do like curly in photography and stuff so they can see the energy from the plants. So there were some cat heads of cabbage. One woman walked in and like took a bat or something and like beat to smithereens, like a few heads of, of, of cabbage and left some of the other ones. And then she walked out of the room and then she walked back in and the other heads of cabbage like had an energy around them, like, oh no. Like this is cabbages. <laughs> like, so they, they read our energy, they feel us. That's why if we sit by a tree, if we sit in nature, we feel them too, you know? Like there's a science behind why nature helps us de-stress, even if you're watching it on the TV, <laughs> you know? Like there is. So yeah, they absolutely feel us. And I, and I, and I do, I feel like they're like, y'all, yo, you need us. Your liver's a mess. <laughs> I live in a college town. All anybody does is drink and they're like, hey, hey. Hey, that's what I feel. <laughs> I, mean, I can't say for sure, but yeah. And I mean, I'm grateful that um, a lot of the places that I see them everywhere, that means that they haven't sprayed a bunch. So I'm like, oh, thank you so much for not, for not spraying here for this mm -hmm. being um, a space that can just, you know, grow. And they're also great for the bees, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, they're like the 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 late winter bee food, as things are starting to perk up. But yeah, yeah, the dandelions are like y'all need us. I don't know why y'all tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that dandelion was brought up, and I didn't know that like every part of dandelion is 
is usable like that's so crazy the sap is good for like skin blemishes like if you if you um if you like open up like or you just tear the uh -huh. stem like a little white like sappiness will come out and you could like put that on blemishes and stuff what yeah what? and the roots are amazing the leaves i like to um infuse the flowers lightly wilted flowers and oil it's really good for helping with breast congestion mm -hmm. um and releasing emotions from the breast so it's a great you can eat any part of it as well wow that's so yeah, cool. man. i feel like anyway. dandelion is like the most recent plant that has like called out to me um i'm like a beginner in herbalism but i've realized that like they'll like they'll show up everywhere i feel like drawn to learn about them and then i'll look at it and i'm like oh like this plant is for exactly like what I need, you know? And dandelion yeah. is like the one that has been recently like calling out to me like, hey. And so yeah. I bought um, some dandelion tea the other day, some natural dandelion tea. So I'm excited. Yes, it's so good. And you know, in the spring, because it's good for the liver and in Chinese medicine, the, the liver rules the spring. So it's kind of like, you know, we've been in hibernation, we've been more sedentary, we've been um, warmed up and you know, now it's time to get moving for our bodies to move a little bit that spring cleaning and dandelions help with that internal spring cleaning, help with the, the flow, like I said, through our lymphatic system, the detoxification of the liver. Remember in the heart medicine class, dandelion is bitter and bitter also is for the heart. So it also kind of just helps, um, you know, emotional issues that come up as we're cleansing and shifting into the new so it's just a it's one of my favorite plants truly wow that's so interesting that dandelion is calling out to me and it's like about to be the springtime that's so yes, cool girl, yes you're in tune <laughs> i remember my grandfather too he grew up in a farm in missouri and I, when i like first got into herbs and he was like dandelions that just used to be a green out on the farm <laughs> we just eat that like a regular green and i was like i know that's why you lived in 92. <laughs> y'all knew something we didn't <laughs> yeah i love that so do you still have that experience that like different plants will like call to you to be like oh for sure wow you know my my teacher said it it takes seven lifetimes to become an herbalist so for me i'm never in a rush mm. i'm like you know i'm just gonna learn exactly what i'm supposed to learn right now um let me see what has it been lately i think my uh my plant that i've been really getting to know um, is Tulsi. I grew it for the first time this past year and I made a tincture um, and it's like the best tincture I've ever made. Like it's so fragrant and it's delicious. You know, oftentimes tinctures, they don't taste good. That's kind of the, the point <laughs> is that, you know, that you take it in a way to get the benefits without having to like drink a tea necessarily. But this is the most delicious thing. And, and everyone that bought it or that I gave it to, they've finished theirs too. They're like, that Tulsi. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> um, and you know, this, like, this is my bottle. It's, you can see it's like a wreck because I left it one night, like on my computer. And I was like, oh no, I don't like that. It got all those like computer vibes, technology oh, wow. vibes. So then I just stuck it in the plant, like just next to the plant. And like, it sat there for like six days, just got rained on and everything. So the whole container, I was like, we're gonna get you your, your right frequency back. <laughs> um, so it looks a mess, but I just love it. And it just has really shifted my mm -hmm. energy a lot. Like I just feel calmer and um, less reactive and just chill. Um, and getting to know that plant because I grew it was really special. Um, what else? 
I'm about to embark on some new herbs for like just some deeper like personal uh, cellular cleansing type of stuff. So I feel like I'm going to have an adventure with those plants um, that I haven't started just yet. But they were calling me and calling me and calling me. So they've been like sitting in their tinctures for a little bit. And I was like, okay, it's almost time. Um, that's gonna be my spring thing, I could tell. Um, uh, I realized that I'm not sure if it's just, um, so I go on my walks. I've been going on a walk since the summer and I go, at, sometimes I go every day, sometimes about four or five times a week. And I go on the same exact route and I see what grows, now I've seen what grows through summer, fall and winter and I'm about to get spring. And so I noticed that they, I don't know if they're ornamental or medicinal, but Vitex, which is my favorite herb for my hormones is growing all over my town. Wow. And I was everywhere. And I was like, cause I was like, what is this? What is this? And now I have to figure out what cultivar it is to see if it's, um, like I said, uh, just an ornamental or not, but I'm still able to get to know the plant and see it and meet it and get to know the frequency of it. So that's been kind of cool. Cause a lot of the time I don't always go straight to harvesting and using. Sometimes I spend a lot of time just meeting the plant. I go up to it and I let it like, my thing is I like to let like a plant, like touch my face. I don't like people to touch my face. <laughs> like, Don't put your nasty hands on my skin, but a plant, I'm like, come on, get into me with me. And I let it like rub all over my face and my skin and like kind of pet me. <laughs> um, and so I've been getting to know that plant a lot more. Um, and once the, once it starts growing back again, I'm going to investigate the right cultivar and stuff. And I found the lady in my town who plants all the trees. So I can ask her too. Um, so yeah, I would say Tulsi is the big one that I've been getting to know. Um, Vitex in plant form. Um, and these new herbs that um, I think are gonna be my spring herbs, like Solomon's seal, um, chaparral, and Padiarco. I've used that one a lot, but I've never used it in this form. So I think those are gonna be some new ones for me to explore personally. Mm, I love that. My next question for you, when you kind of started talking about it was like, how would you suggest like beginners to like cultivate that relationship with, with plants once like they're being called to it? Like for me, my first plant was Rose that called to me and my middle name is Rose. So I'm like, woo. But um, like, yeah, how would you suggest people like start that relationship as a beginner herbalist? My sister's middle name is Rose too. Um, um, I... So part of my belief as herbalists is that we're like the medicine women of, or men of our communities. And so we're all placed in different locations to kind of hold a frequency of healing and connection to earth. Mm. So I think what's really important in that is that no matter where you are, you know, kind of, like I said, I go for my same walk every, like every week. And it's like, I set my perimeter. Like I know what grows in my community. I know which trees are there. I know which weeds grow here. And I know what grows where. And I never harvest anything on my walks. I just notice. Mm. So I would say, just go out in your area, drive around, see where there are, if there are fields, go and see, and just sit, just notice. And at this point, you know, back in the day, I had to like take a book and go and try and figure out what every plant was, but we have apps for that now, you know, and like use really? them. <laughs> yeah. I have one like picture this or something. I, uh, let me see. I think it's picture this. It's a free app. You know, I have to tell them I don't want to upgrade all the time, but <laughs> it's a free app 
Let me see if that's the name. Yeah, picture this. And you can see what any plant is and, you know, just get to know it. See, see its features. And then maybe from there, like uh, get a botany book so you can kind of learn distinguishing features and things like that. But just notice what's there, look it up and um, see what it is. And then after you develop like a relationship with it, maybe notice it in other places. Like, oh, I saw dandelion here. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, dandelion's there. Oh my gosh, it's over there. Oh my, you know, and then you're like, wow, dandelion is everywhere. Or um, me noticing Vitex, I was like, it's at the bank. It's by the high school. Wait, it's over there. I'm like, wait, what is this? You know, um, kind of. I like I, I like to let plants be breadcrumbs to whatever they want me to know. I find it an opportunity to connect deeper to my intuition by letting them lead the way. Um, and I and I think it's important too. We have to think of it as a relationship. Same thing how I said, like they're reading us energetically, like they're not inanimate objects. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, like there's the, the picture on the internet where it's like, we think like human in the middle and then everything else revolves around us when it's really like, we're part of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. We're not above it. We're not like <laughs> the leaders of it all. Yeah. Um, and so if we can kind of look at it in that way and let them lead the way because it's a relationship like i'm not going to go up to a guy and just start like grabbing at him you know just like they shouldn't come up and grab at us right ideally um <laughs> and and it's not right to do that with a plan i'm just going to go up to you and like pick you you know like that's not nice that's not respectful and oftentimes what happened is we don't really know what we're doing with it yet and we just waste it mm. oftentimes when we start off too early we're like i'm going to pick every plant and then okay what are you going to do with it you don't know because you haven't figured it out yet. Mm. And the plant, you haven't listened to the plant enough for it to tell you what to do. So I, I just say get to know them, spend some time with them, figure out what they are, go home, read about them, look them up. And, and if you do want to start harvesting, like I said, look at the different places, make sure everything's clean and good. And then set yourself up at home first. You want to harvest this plant. What do you want to do with it? You've done your research on what it's good for. Do you want to dry it as a tea? Do you have a drying station? Okay, set up a drying station at home. Figure out how you do that. Um, do you want to make a tincture? Okay, do you know what you need for that? You know, like figure it out before you just go start picking plants um, to make sure you're building a relationship and having reverence. Also, you can take my beginner's course where we go into all of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to help set you up for success with plants and so that you're, you know, being a steward of earth in the process. Mm, what is like, uh, I don't want to say easy, but what's like a, a good simple like tincture or like way of drying the plants. That's a good first like thing for beginners to do to get used to like working with the plants. Cause for me, when I first heard of all the tinctures, I was like, this is so intimidating. Like I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I get it. Cause it can be a lot. So, I mean, find a place that doesn't get direct sunlight um, and if you're like into herbs anyways, it's cute for the aesthetic, just string a string, get a few, wrap it and let them hang and maybe put a label on it because they don't always look the same, especially if you're just getting leaves mm -hmm. and let them dry. Make sure it's not like a very humid place and doesn't get direct sunlight. If it does, you can um, put them in a, a brown bag sometimes and hang them like that. The aesthetic's not as cute, but it's, a, it's effective. Um, I have screens that I set up, but I built a whole thing and that was like a much later. <laughs> wow. I was like, and cause I'm drying significantly higher quantities, mm -hmm. but yeah, just 
hang them in a place that doesn't get direct sunlight isn't very humid um, and label them so you know what it is. And then, you know, when they're dry, um, crush them up a little bit and make some tea, get their flavor, see how they feel in your body, you know, get to know them. I, I just posted about this today too. I always say start simple, start mm -hmm. with just a few herbs, get to know them really well, drink them, um, do an infusion, see how it tastes when you let it sit for one minute versus seven minutes. Oh my gosh, seven minutes is so unpalatably bitter, I can't even handle it. Or, oh my God, it just got sweeter. You know, you never know. Um, and then, you know, a little more research in terms of um, tinctures, just because you wanna make sure you're getting the right benefits. So like with tinctures, you want them to either be like a resinous plant or a, have volatile oils or something so that you're extracting the benefits. Like if you get a bunch of nettle and put it in alcohol, it's not really gonna, you, nettle is an amazing plant for full of um, minerals. So that's best to do like a long infusion. So um, I would say kind of get to know the best way when you're, um, when you're getting to know them. So in my herb class, my herb course, we do monographs. So this is like, this is across herbalism in general. They're monographs where they, I was just working on one today for Chelsea, um, where, you know, you look at the actions, the phytochemistry, the energetics, what its medicinal uses are. And like, I mean, I have one for my business, but you can go online and be like, okay, herbal monograph blank and fill it out. And then when you're doing your research, you just fill it out on there so you can see all the different things. Then you can begin to understand, okay, this, um, right? So it says, oh, there's volatile oils. Okay. I know that I wouldn't want to um, steep that too long because it's not going to have a good taste, but volatile oils are great in alcohol. Okay. So that's a plan I can make a tincture with. This is something that's better for, um, for a tea. Good to know so that you can kind of begin your little practice, but start just one herb, write your information about it. And so you can begin to learn it and start with that herb and just drink it as a tea and sit with it and like meditate with it. Ask it what you want to know. <clears throat> Maybe put some in a little sachet and put it under your pillow and ask for it to give you a message in your dreams. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a dream girl. So, you know, I'm like, Hey, you let me know what I need to know, you know? Um, comfrey actually was one I dreamt about when I was pregnant and I'd never seen it before. And then I looked it up and it looked exactly how it did in my dream. So, you know, allow, allow the plant spirit medicine to also guide you in your practices. My next question is like ashwagandha. I know that's random, but like, I've been so obsessed with ashwagandha recently. Mm -hmm. What's like the best way to use ashwagandha? Do you think? I personally like it in a tincture. Yes, that's okay. my favorite way. That's how I. That's my go-to way, um, because it's an adaptogen. So I'll take it for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I get a greater benefit um, in a tincture because I might not necessarily drink the tea as often or as much as regularly. Where I'll definitely take the tincture every day. Ashwagandha lifted me up out of like major depletion a few years ago. Ashwagandha mm -hmm. is the business literally yes like I if I've been taking this tincture I didn't make it but it's like a natural one I got online and I'm like what I'm like this is literally better than like any like other thing I've ever had in my entire life like it's one of my, it's one of my favorites it's, and it's been one of the most impactful in my personal practice as well absolutely yeah. 
ashwagandha does not fuck around no i'm, I'm really grateful for that plant it's helped me out of a lot of hard hard times yeah and then i saw on your on your most recent post about the endocrine herbs in the endocrine system that it's good for the endocrine system which is perfect for me because i have uh thyroid issues so i was like i'm loving this right now well so i'm also curious about like what and i feel like this is like an unfair question to ask you but like what are yeah. your favorite herbs it's not even unfair it's just impossible yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um Uh, okay, I love nettle. I love dandelion. Now mm. I love pulsi. I mm. love plantain. I love um, motherwort. Mm. I love violet. Um, I love rose. I love calendula. I love vitex. Mm -hmm. I would say those. I those like if if I if I couldn't. I love chickweed. So if I couldn't have any more, the ones that, in ashwagandha would probably be the ones, because they're always the ones that come to my my mind. Uh -huh. I would probably, oh, and red clover. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, the thing with me is um, if I'm going to choose what I had to choose, like if I had to choose these herbs forever, I would choose most likely just tonics so that I'm I'm choosing something that at least will always be nourishing it's that preventative medicine like if i'm just always at my best and my strongest if i take these then i'll be i will need other things for more acute issues less so yeah i would choose like nettle dandelion oat straw red clover um i love tulsi but i might i might not choose it mm -hmm. <laughs> um i love i love calendula but see, Calendula and I, we just had a love affair this past year. Before I was always like, okay, yeah, you're cool. Okay, cool. Respect, respect. But now we're like tight because I grew it and um, and I infused it in an oil in a different way. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then my wild plants, dandelion, violet, chickweed, plantain. Those are the ones that I, I harvest wild more. So, okay, that's going to be my final answer. My, my tonics in my wild plants. I love that. I love Vitex too. I, um, I have a lot of like menstrual cycle issues and Vitex has been really helping me. Vitex smells like, um, so strong. Like it smells, I don't even know what it smells like. I just, I love the smell. I know that's weird. I love the smell of Vitex. No, it's not even, <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah, no. Uh, so when I got on ashwagandha Vitex, those were the two I took because I was, um, my hormones were a wreck and my endocrine system was a disaster like i had just been completely devoid of everything i had like lost so much weight and it was just bad and so those two were the the two tinctures i took at this time and i just like pulled me up out of that place yeah because um because hormone issues um have definitely been prevalent especially if i get a lot of stress Mm -hmm. I don't notice it in my periods. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the the main thing for me is just like, I feel like I was supposed to go through all this for a reason so that I could be introduced to the herb world because I'm like, none of this shit that my doctors are telling me to do is helping me. Like I'm a very healthy person. I eat right. I exercise like, but I'm so like stressed out, you know, and just with everything going on, I feel like a lot of people are. 
And so, yeah, ashwagandha has just been like saving my life and helping me regulate. I have the same thing with my, with my cycles. If I'm stressed out, then my cycle like won't come. I'll start really late, you know? So are there any other herbs that you would suggest for people like for stress and like see, the and nervous system? That's, see, that's the thing I was thinking what you were saying. I feel like Western medicine that's where it really falls off is it has no, it doesn't really offer us a lot for stress. And I feel like plant medicine is amazing for stress. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, I feel um, like you have found an adaptogen that works for you. Tulsi is the one I'm working with right now, but adaptogens, they help the endocrine system um, so that our, our hormones can begin to figure out what they want to be doing <laughs> and not like completely off because of our, our, our stressful lifestyles. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of different ones um, <clears throat> for, for sleep. Um, I was drinking this tea. I think I put uh, rose, passion flower, and hops, and it was just so nice to lull me to sleep. Um, and skullcap and valerian are also very helpful. Um, but valerian is another one that does not taste good at all. Mm. Um, so do that one as a tincture in like a juice or something. <laughs> Don't drink that as a tea. Um, those are the ones that are, oh yeah, I said passion flower. I really, I really, really like passion flower. Um, skullcap, valerian, oat straw as like a, um, like an infusion regularly. I add nettle and oat straw to so many tea blends just to speak to are overall like building us up from the inside out and um, just nourishing the nervous system because they're tonics for, for the kidneys and the, the nervous system. So I add those to so many tea blends just as like a base mm -hmm. and then everything can go on top so that like we're, we're getting those things covered. Um, so oat straw is like a nourishing infusion. <clears throat> um, I had a calm the fuck down tincture. <laughs> that sold all the way out. Um, and it's, it had hops and I don't remember exactly, but uh, I think passion flower, mm, I don't know. But the, these are the ones I've been using a lot. Hops, passion flower, skullcap, valerian, and then the adaptogens, like whether it's ashwagandha or eleuthero or tulsi, um, astragalus, uh, Shisandra is another one I've been playing with a little bit. Those are the adaptogens that kind of build up your stores. And then those other ones kind of help relax you, whether it's like muscular relaxation, so you're not as tense or uh, sedative. So it kind of just calms you down. Yeah, so I would look into those and see which ones fit whatever kind of stress you're having or anybody who's listening. Yeah. Thank you. Love that. With teas, do you normally make your own infusions or like, are there any tea brands like you support? Um, my friend, uh, Herb Girls Athens, they have this, um, they made this, uh, it's like a powder blend called Rally. And so it's like adaptogens and warming herbs. It's really good in like your coffee or something. So I really enjoyed that. I, I purchased that from them. And I have like, <laughs> if I go and like, there's an organic tea brand that's on sale, I'll buy a few bags just because sometimes I just want to throw 
some tea in there and I don't want to do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so it's just like organic brand of tea. I'm not particular about that. Um, and I buy a green tea that I drink every morning, but otherwise, yeah, I usually just make my own teas or like whatever I sold. Like I have my own little stash in my little tea station above my sink. And I just use those <laughs> honestly, or I'll just like choose some herbs. I like to do it. And so if you take my herb course, we then do these herbal tea parties. And so, cause in the herb course, we talk about the science, the phytochemistry, all the things. So you can be like an adept herbalist, but um, because like, I, I, I think our intuition is also super important as herbalists, mm. um, as women and humans in general, but um, also with herbalism, what we do is we, we pick five herbs and then we intuitively choose three um, as we're going through the circle. Cause we, we do it with like the new moon and the full moon. So we do other practices as well. Um, and so sometimes I'll just do that. I'll just like go up to my apothecary and be like, all right, what's the vibe? Like, what do I need? And I'll just choose those herbs and see. And most of the time they taste pretty good. Sometimes it was like, Ooh, okay, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> Um, but you know, I just let it go. You know, I'm just, I, I don't try and like control the thing, you know, usually there's a reason when I look at it and I was like, okay, yeah, I probably could use some help there. Yeah. I, I am a little stressed. Thank you for recognizing that, you know? So, um, so sometimes I do that as well. I love that. I love that you talk about intuition. I feel like that's so important, especially like these days, like your body knows, like people like especially me as a freaking Capricorn I'm always like trying to control everything <laughs> I'm like this is exactly what you know so letting go and using your intuition is is probably really important in plant medicine <laughs> yeah you have a Virgo moon too right uh, girl, so yeah you're gonna try and overthink a lot of it the yeah. being able to listen but so I have a Capricorn moon and so one thing for me is like tapping into my body now like someone will be like oh I felt this and this and this or no I oh this happened and I was this and I was thinking this and I was like okay take a breath where do you feel that in your body though like where does that show up you know and that's how I that's a big thing for me and my intuition I was like okay wait I'm thinking 4,000 things where am I feeling it mm. oh it's a tightness in my chest oh all of a sudden my solar plexus wants to just hide and, and I'm being afraid to shine or like oh this is like a sacral issue this you know oh, I feel like there's like a lump in my throat and I can't speak, you know? So I kind of like to see where it is in my body and like where, like, and if I'm really called to an or where is that coming from too? Like where, where is it, you know? So I think we can get a lot of intuitive understanding and nudges through looking and through tapping into our body and out of our minds for a bit too. Especially if we have like some earth in us, in our, in our charts. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Where is our body telling us we should look? That's so important. I've been recently learning that. And when my mentor first talked to me about like, wait, like pause, where is it in your body? She also has me like feel out like, what shape is it? What color is it? I was like, girl, you're insane. Like, that's not going to help me, you know? But, but it does though. <laughs> I did. And I was like, holy fuck, like this actually like is the best thing I've ever learned in my life to deal with my emotions and just yes. anything that's coming up so yes. and it's so good to remind ourselves because we can have all the tools and sometimes we just forget to use them yeah wait, wait, wait. I have something for this <laughs> right <laughs> into my toolbox yeah and again like uh pharmaceutical companies and just 
just honestly everywhere teaches you that the answer is outside of yourself but it's all within so we could go on about that for forever (laughs) (laughs) but okay so i'm going to wrap it up and do what i call the speed round my favorite part (laughs) um so it's like a series of like four questions so the first one is what is your favorite book or what is a book that you're really resonating with right now You know what, right before we got on this, I was like, oh my God, she's gonna ask me those questions and I haven't thought about them. Um, I was like, I'm not prepared. You know what, I'm gonna say what it is. And it's like the first book that ever really got me into liking to read and kind of, I think opened my heart and showed me a different way. And that's called Tuesdays with Maury. Um, I literally read it, I think my senior year of high school. Um, but it always stuck with me. Um, it was like this guy was interviewing, I don't remember who's his teacher or not, but he had ALS and he was just interviewing him. And it was like, you know, this man whose body was failing him slowly just Mm -hmm. stopped working, but it was like, his spirit was so vibrant and pure and full of love. And it was just a real, by Mitch album, it was just a really beautiful story. And that was like the first book I read that I was like, oh my God, this is the power of literature. This is the power of a really good story. Even though this wasn't like a, this was a true story, but like this, this was, I understood how reading books can be transformational. So Tuesdays with Maury. Wow. I'm going to have to check that out. I've been like so obsessed with like self-help books. I've been like craving like a good, like story, but meaningful yeah and and honestly it's been like like i said like a long time since i read it so i don't know if it would hit the same now (laughs) but then and it it planted the seeds that uh that are still growing it was a perennial perennial seed that it planted (laughs) so the next question is what is your spirit animal oh an orca Ooh, that was a quick answer why why orca I have that tattoo too. <laughs> um, they come to me in my dreams. They 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 always come to me in my dreams and they guide me um, and they make me feel safe. And I've loved dolphins and orcas since I was a little girl, but orcas always come to me in my dreams for years. Mm, that's so amazing. I have a, a soft spot for ocean animals, just, you know, and my best friend lives in up in Washington and we went whale watching once and we saw a bunch of orcas. Oh, and- that's my like bucket list. <sighs> well, I will tell you exactly where to go. You every time in this area, you will see them every time because it's- Yes, a- I want to. I want, that's the whole reason I want to go to Washington state is so I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh my gosh, like, ah, that is like, oh, the most, was it like amazing? Was it the most amazing thing ever? I was, I went on it not, like, like not trying to get my hopes up, you know? Um, but my, my best friend was like, no, every time you'll see them because it's a really, it's not a touristy area of Washington. It's not like Seattle. It's like a, it's up in the, like, you know, like Washington and like, there's like, it's like up, it's like an Island up in that area. Um, but I, I just had chills like the whole time. And honestly, that's probably the first time I realized that like, just like plants, like animals have like spirits, like they have like lessons to tell you, you know, and like, I just saw the orcas just like, oh, it was, it was so amazing. Oh, it takes my breath away. You just talking about it. (laughs) I know. And I was talking to a friend and I was like, (laughs) I felt like a little kid. I was like, I think they'd like me too. (laughs) I was like, I think they would too, Katie. (laughs) 
No, that is like absolutely one thing I really want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you exactly what. Yes, I I will ask you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the next question is, what is your favorite song or what song has been like connecting with your soul the most? This one's harder for me. Mm. I'm the kind of person where I find music and I just listen to it forever. I never like anything really <laughs> introduce new things. So right now I've been listening to the same Spotify mix for like three months. Um, um, I'd say right now I really like uh, Blue Dreams by Janae Aiko. Ooh. Every time it comes on, it just like feels uh, really resonant and sweet and light and beautiful. Mm, I love her. I love everything by her. So me too. She's my. She's been the mix for the past three months. <laughs> I have oh, a eleven where I am. Hey, yeah, it's March first, one one one. Yes. That. Um, and so the last question. I feel like we already covered this, but it's what I ask everyone. What's your favorite plant? Girl, I know. Like that's impossible for you. <laughs> I would choose. I'm gonna go with nettle. Okay. I really love that plant. And I like that it stings me. I enjoy the I enjoy the sting. I really like that plant. Love that. I feel like that's such a popular like plant for people to love, like understandably. Yeah, it's just so powerful, and and like I really loved it. It was one that really got me through pregnancy and postpartum a lot, mm. um, and it's just always been an ally. And I remember when I first met it, I was like, oh, "Is this nettle?" Oh. And and like building a relationship with it. And then I had a friend, that, that girl herb, from Herb Girls Athens, my friend Amy, she found somewhere she lives up in Georgia and I can't grow it here. I could not get it to grow and I could not find it where I live. And so she sent me the live plant <laughs> and, um, and I transplanted into my garden at my mom's house. And then I transplanted it to my garden at my house and it's just grown. And it's just, ever since it's been here now, I feel like it's, it's like, like family. It's like really shifted my relationship with it even further, which I didn't think was possible. So yeah, I really love nettle. Mm, I love that. All <laughs> right. So before we go, would you mind talking about like, what are you offering? Like, what is your herbalism course like? Like, are yeah. you selling anything? So um, I'm actually in the early stages of a launch for um, April. I'm going to start a six week um uh, herbs for the body systems class uh, course where we'll go through the different body systems um <clears throat> different organ system each week mm-hmm. um similar to that heart medicine class you took we would learn about like the physiology anatomy of it a little bit the the spiritual aspect of the organ system go through some herbs and make some specific medicine and the medicine will be different based on each organ system you know for respiratory we'll work on some steams um <clears throat> And, and different things for each organ system. So I'm really excited about that because my beginner's course was actually a little bit more advanced than just basic beginners. So this feels like something I can offer. You just come off the streets, we'll talk about the body, how to eat the herbs for it and how to really just make it hands-on so you can kind of get your, your feet wet or your toes wet, whatever. Um, and then after that, I will be launching my eight week course which is a beginner's path to herbalism. And it's um, much more comprehensive. We uh, we talk about the herbal actions and the the phytochemistry of why we use this herb with this solvent to make this medicine. Kind of like I was talking about 
we have a whole week dedicated to um, uh, uh, plant identification and harvesting. And um, we make simples and then we make formulas. Um, and each week we, we focus on one plant, we do the monograph for it. So we really understand how to research herbs and how to connect with them individually. And then we do the tea party so we can still get into our intuition. Um, it's really awesome. And um, a few of the people that <clears throat> took it now, like have their own little businesses that they've started being able to apply that to what they're doing. So it's really um, rewarding to see as well. And we create like the best like group chats ever. Like they're so lit and we're like, talking about all the things and sovereignty and that. And hopefully this summer, people will be able to come um, to like mini retreats where they can learn about like retreats slash like apprenticeships where you can come learn the herbs hands on, um, make the medicine, grow it, connect with them and things like that. But that's still, you hear it heard, you heard it here first. <laughs> that's still, I'm still working on getting some of those kinks worked out, but so these two courses are, will be offered um, in April and then again in May, the, the eight-week course. So Okay, I'll have to keep my eyes peeled. Spring, yeah, spring is about to be herbally lit, you know, so everything is coming up. So it's a great time to get started in your herbal path. Great time of year. Yeah, that's perfect timing too, because I'm supposed to finish my yoga teacher training by May, hopefully. So I'll be like... Ooh, exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, all you offer for right now. Yeah, right now. Um, the goal is that the I've kind of I have my products um, that are uh, for the re reproductive system. Okay. Um, they're on uh, my website now, but my goal is I want to just focus on making some simple blends with what I'm growing this summer, uh, which is going to be Tulsi and motherwort and calendula and elderberry, um, and focusing on a few other herbs. But I'm I I really want to make it very like farm to production to your hands. Um, so I'm kind of shifting that up and not being as product focused until harvest season. <laughs> so. Oh, I love yeah. that. I'm so excited. I'll have to like, definitely like, I should just turn your notifications on. on yes, oh, yes, you should definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will leave your Instagram and your website and everything down below in the description so people can Yay. contact you. And it has Instagram been Instagram underscore Katie's garden. Hey. <laughs> it has been such an honor. I actually took a break from having people on for two weeks because my bleeds are so intense. Um, and you were the first person I had back on. And I did that purposely because I was like, I want Katie to be the first person I talked to. Hey, I'm right so honored. Right. This is so fun. <laughs> Thank so you for nice. having me. I'm very excited.